2: Everybody, welcome to Three Fat Truckers. We're your host I'm Bill. Joining me, as always, are my two fantastic co-hosts, Dave and Steve. How's it going, Steve? Oh,
3: you are supposed to go to Dave, man? I was ready.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> it normally would have, but uh he. Uh, I'm Dave,
3: doing great. How's oh, everybody out there in radio land? Uh, good day. morning, everybody. It's
2: That's Tuesday day. afternoon.
3: <laughs> uh i'm doing good bill good day everybody enjoy yeah. the show we got some special guests on this episode we do
2: uh we're joined here by travel travis eggrich uh senior he is the president at global energy research and development incorporated uh welcome to the show oh thank you yeah yeah it's good to have you here also uh joining us are his two sons uh Thomas and Taylor, how's it going, fellas?
4: Doing good, sir. Good. How are you?
2: Right on. Doing, yeah. Welcome Thanks to Free Fat me. Truckers. Now, we yes, now we do have Dave in the uh, stream right here, and this is going to have to be, if you want to get the full value out of this episode, folks, you're going to have to go to the YouTube because that's the only way you're going to get anything out of Dave. Uh, D- Dave is the quintessential uh, Generation X 80s child that was better seen and not heard and we're just going to see what one of these episodes sounds like without his voice on it i reckon it'll take about 10 minutes from start to finish
3: Uh, i don't know he'll be pushing buttons trying to get it to work i bet you
2: we're gonna fuck with him so hard
3: it's gonna be so hard (laughs) fellas uh we met travis last year first time now we're at Louisville at the Matt Show. Speaking yeah. of the Matt Show, when is that this year, Bill? Uh, the Mid-America Trucking Show is uh, March 21st,
2: 22nd, 23rd at the uh, – what's that?
3: Louisville, Louisville Convention Center.
2: Yeah, Louis- Louisville Convention Center. Louisville. And Louisville Con- – did I say it right? I, is it Louisville or lo- out, Lovel? Lovel? It Louisville. Louisville?
3: It's, it's always Louisville. It okay. It. That's the way they all say it down here. It's um they say yeah, the town's sort of weird too. Be
2: there. When you Randy read it, Square. it should
3: be Louisville. Right?
2: I bet there ain't a single person down there that says Louisville. If I they bet do, they get they that. I can say, Yankee, go home. How you, you must not be from around here talking
3: yeah, like it. that. Enough, yeah. yeah. But anyway, at the truck show last year, our neighbor, our booth right next door to us was Mr. Travis here. And. He had a pretty awesome product. We interviewed him. He was our first interview last year, and we had some technical difficulties and was never never able to get the interview out there. So we're really glad to have you back. And it was, it's it's almost been a year, but we'd have caught you at the next show, I'm sure. <laughs> we appreciate it. We appreciate you. So, we, we had fun. Oh I'll yeah, you, I, I laughed so much. You had the scooter. I didn't. I didn't rent one of them. I'm going to well, bring my well, own man. this year, though. There you go. Smart. That's the way well, to do it.
2: It was a fantastic conversation, I, I remember. <laughs> and just I just also remember being so nervous that whole time because I, I just, I was so She's scared of, of it being, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that was the first interview we had ever done. And I was not aware. We didn't take any time to test the equipment as well as we should have, full disclosure. Yeah, yeah. We are light years ahead of,
3: no, don't don't say that. Of don't all of that now, know. oh, I
2: can I can say that we're ahead of that because <laughs> that was that was setting the bar awfully low. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, we had I,
5: fun. Uh, That conversation that we had, had it. You should have been there, right? It was, it was fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> it was here live because it was a great great conversation. We had fun. I know I laughed a lot. You guys are or yeah, I don't know. You guys. are That was back best. when there we're, was three of us. We're Steve.
3: different. We're, we're different yeah oh that is that the word we use the one that's always chatty is sort of quiet so and <laughs> i know he's just it's driving him nuts not to be able oh, to, to pen. he's gonna get pen and paper get, and he's gonna and, keep and write trying it down and hold it might up. might as well keep trying dave <laughs> there you go that's what i'd have done in the first place so yeah oh. Travis. Give it. while well, we're here you know everybody out here takes watches and stuff here because we got so many millions and millions of viewers but uh you know we're up here on the 83rd floor of the, uh, what building is this, Bill?
2: This is, uh, well, we're on the 13th tier of the 80,000 square foot, well, there we go. uh, studio, recording studio. Go ahead yeah. Recording in, in front of a live studio audience.
3: If you feel like it or if you're up to it there, give us a rundown on what your company does and like the, the product that you was, uh, promoting there at the truck show.
5: Oh, you're gonna have to call yeah. him. What Sound the like
3: hell him. was that? You got a dog?
5: Yeah. The bear. Yeah, dog.
3: yeah. Dog. He's, dog. he's he's got like, like yeah. a. Oh. I thought Dave. Like, like, what the he? Because he's got a board that he can push weird shit on.
2: Yeah, he does. <laughs> Throw that come dog. Around. And thank Don't God
3: really? for that. Oh man, that's too much. Oh. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Travis.
1: Way.
5: No, uh, no, the, the the boys the boys work with me. Uh, now, if there's one that's not here, but the boys work with me. We've had a uh, a, a chemical company or fuel additive company for oh the last thirty some years that uh, I've had, and I've I've been in the in the industry for all that period of time. And uh, you know, like we'd spoke at, at Mid America about how I got into the into the chemical or into the additive industry was through my father and my father was a trucker and a number of my family is in the trucking industry and and uh, back in the early 70s he jailed out there west of north of, out, out west of uh, minnesota, western minnesota uh, eastern north dakota in the winter and anyways he lost the he, he just about froze to death he just about killed him and uh in doing so uh years later kind of drew my interest when I went to work for a, for an analytical group and a chemical company that they put me in charge of cold weather fuels. And I said, I'll take it. I get to go back home once a year, you know, January 15th, the February 15th in northern Minnesota, just fantastic time.
1: <laughs> and,
5: uh, and I tested fuel. It was a great time. But the thing that I was doing is I was learning about the operability of these fuels. And in doing so, that led us into manufacturing and then also uh, continuing on to look at the different parameters of needs for fuel. And it's it's grown over the years. So the boys have all taken part. And and it's uh, been kind of a personal uh, push through this whole campaign. I've got to a point now that the boys, do a lot more than what I'll I do anymore but at the same time uh it's been quite a journey it really has I've made a lot of good friends uh, I've I've uh, spent uh, you know you know I'm sitting here I was talking to a customer just a couple of days ago he's been a customer for 30 years you know and uh you know, I got to give thanks for the idea that he just took the time to even still, you know, do business with us. But at the same thing, it's 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 uh, relationships you build, friendships you build. Shoot, uh, it, it's uh, it's it. Like I said, it was quite. It's been quite a journey. But the boys are taking it to the next level, and and they've got into the marketing aspect. Now theirs are been our biggest problem is marketing. We've we've gone through uh designing and and failures i mean if you're, you're you're looking at one of the biggest failures you'll ever meet i i know how to screw stuff up so much
1: <laughs> and, uh,
5: but you know you, you try it you try you try you try and you get frustrated and you try and then when you've given up and you just say there's nothing going to work for this stuff somehow something comes together and it works and uh, you know, like Mid America was a bit of benefit to us too when we were over there, because uh, that that brought different companies to us. Uh, and uh, in fact, some of the General Motor reps came and seen us there, and that's how we picked up GM. And uh, uh, we do some stuff with the Department of Defense, and and all this all this. Uh, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, there's there's been times that you get frustrated and things, but overall it's been interesting and and it's beneficial to the truck driver and it's beneficial to the consumer if they want to learn. And the boys can teach uh, and educate and supply information to to different groups if they wanna pick up on really the operability issues of fuel today. And I'd say if, and I, I'd be just frankly, if I said a if I said a thousand men in a room, and they are consumers of fuel, millions and millions of gallons of, of 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 material, you know I don't think I'd have one or two that even understand what the the basic concepts of the fuel are. It's sad, and it's such an expense. You know, it's it's crazy. It's just well, you and, think
3: you think drivers that use the fuel and stuff, they'd be a little privy on what it has to have to not break down, what causes it to break down. Their main concern is winter time, far as the gelling and stuff of the fuels and adding bio and everything else that they're mixing in with the fuels nowadays. That's changed over the last year, saying 30 years, one customer, you know, what that customer was using then to what you're getting now is. Night and day. You, yeah. know, it, you know,
5: you look at the chemicals that we supply, uh, the first formulations we have are no longer sold. And if mm-hmm. you look at a lot of the materials that are sold in the stores and things, that's the same material that came out with 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Yep. And and fuels evolve. So you've got to evolve your formulation
3: along with it. Well, I can remember, remember my mom's 74, supposedly still driving. She's, late, she's off right now. But I can remember back in the day when she was – I don't know. She, she they, they drove. She had a couple different truck driver husbands. I can remember back in the day in Fort Wayne, Indiana, them taking the old turkey pan and the charcoal and putting it underneath the truck in the truck stop just to get the thing to start, you know, warmed up enough and everything during the wintertime. And that's Indiana. Indiana didn't get cold like, as cold as it did up Minnesota, North Dakota, you know, the farther you get. And back then, the fuel—I mean, I don't know if it gelled faster then than it does now. Well, there's,
5: let me throw you—you say, say that, and you—you remind me of my was one of the things my father told me. He said, back in the day, when fuel gelled in the sixties and the seventies and mm-hmm. things like that, you could tell when your truck was gonna gel going down the road. And he says, how you told how you could tell is you looked at the fuel or the, uh, the stack and it would be white smoking and it, you'd see it going back along the trailer and then it would drop down. So if you had a reefer trailer or a box, you'd see it coming out of the stack it'd go along the trailer a little bit, and then it would drop maybe, a, you know, a couple panels back and it would go down to the ground. And he said, as the colder it got and the closer it got to jelly, the, the smoke would go along the top of the trailer further and further back. He said, when you seen the the, the the smoke, the white smoke, going all the way to the back of the trailer and then dropping off the back of the trailer, you needed to get off the road right away. That was his mm-hmm. indicator. And he said, when it switched over to low sulfur fuel in October of 1993, that changed. The fuel, the fuel would, would lock up. You know, when I was doing cold weather testing, I seen what he said prior to that. You'd see the fuel would start to joke gradually, and then it would eventually it would lock up through the filtration system. Well, now, now, you'll do a pull, and and that fuel will be operating at say, oh, let's say six below zero. But for any for, for, okay, six below zero, it'll be flowing through the filtration system and then at 8 at 8 it just locks up it don't go gradual or anything it just locks up so it that's a that's a safety concern i mean that's a safety concern and we were talking earlier about back in when was it boys when we were when we were working with Willie in the 90s is that when It was a Mr.
1: no sir it. it was no it was it was in the 2000s i'd say it was probably around 05 or so when when we
5: yeah okay well, about, well, we got with Willie Dawson and yeah. and we were talking he had us come out and, and or well actually they did a thing over at Carl's Corner and it was a big promotion aspect to get biofuel on the on the on the charts, and they were using Mister Nelson for, for a basically as a a front man, and a guy named Peter Bell and Jason Horr were trying to get, you know, you know our country to mandate biofuel. It hadn't happened yet. Well, Minnesota picked up on it. Of all places to pick up on using biofuel, Minnesota had to end up <laughs> being the place. Now, where's the logic in that? But then. We're talking about government so that the logic is there and government thought so they take minnesota and they they mandate the requirement of a percentage of low percentage of biofuel and you know i kept trying to say hey this ain't going to work this ain't going to work well i lost my involvement with this group because i wasn't a team player because i said you know if you're going to supply biofuel let's give the pros and the cons And they wanted only to put the pros out there, promote the pros. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, Willie Nelson or anything. Willie was just, he's wanting to help the farmer. That was his whole aspect to it. It wasn't to to do anything else. And the the end result was they put this bio out, and it locked up Minnesota. I mean, within the first, it just shut them guys down. They had to pull it off. And I had said they're not extracting the glycerin. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. They're trying to make Trying to make moonshine too quick is what they were trying to do. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just yeah. simple. It wasn't no rocket science to this. It was just that was the way it was, and and they, they got on me about who do I think I was. And I'm, I'm nobody. I'm just you know a young guy trying to study this. And so what they did is they backed up, slowed down the 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 process, started extract extracting glycerin properly, but still that stuff separates in your fuel. And then you have different types of bio. You have you have uh, soybean, rape seed oil. You have uh, uh, animal tallow, animal tallow, animal fat. So what we're doing is we're taking animal fat, we're putting it into our fuel, and we're expecting the equipment to run on the fuel. Now, down in in Florida, I started to get telephone calls in in the winter. The number one place, I don't know was it, three years ago, something like that, the number one gelling location in the nation was Florida. It wasn't Minnesota. And the reason is they were unloading the the, the animal towel onto the market like crazy with rot gut fuel. And these guys are picking up this fuel and they're, you know, uh, well, who who is, who is, what was the, the uh, FedEx? Well, FedEx was using it and and, and that kind of stuff. And so they're getting this animal tallow. They're trying to sell it to their truck drivers or supply them with a with a, a cut. They're not trying to do this deliberately. But the the fuel industry is dumping this animal tallow in the southern parts of the United States because they can't sell it up north, and it rots. It's just like a cake.
3: When you make <laughs> this stuff, as
5: soon as you finish making it, it rots out. It's it's the freshest time is when you take it out of the oven and you use it right then. If you store it, it starts to deteriorate. So you've got all these farmers that are supporting it in the whole nine yards and and so be it because they're trying to, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a agricultural product that dies deal. And doggone it, we need to support the farmer and I'm all for all that, that stuff, but we need to kind of keep our head out of our fourth point of contact when we do it. Because the situation is the, the stuff deteriorates, then it actually affects the other fuel and it starts to rot. Hmm. So, so the, the long-term effect is we have a contaminated, nationally contaminated system of rot gut fuel. And these, these guys are out here trying to make a living driving truck and they're getting, they're getting poor quality grade fuel right at the pump. That's why the chemicals are so important. And uh, you know maybe the boys could share a little bit more if you if you have uh, questions and things like that but the fact of the matter is back in prior to October of 1993 if you said well I don't use the fuel additive I don't need to and there's a difference between an, an additive and an effective additive but the the thing is prior to October of 1993 1992 area and stuff like that you could get away with it to a certain degree, but now it's dry. The fuel is so doggone dry. It just eats the liners out. I did, I give classes at, used to give classes at some of the Cummins and different groups that had Cummins engines and, and different, you know, just dependent on the place. And I'd say, well, we're seeing in frames done on these because they're just having problems with EGR and this and this and this. And I'm trying to take it easy on these guys because it's their equipment. It's their engines. They're they're working for the manufacturer. And I'm having these mechanics raise their hand like little guys. Are, Excuse me, sir, sir, you say. Uh, I'm I'm telling them they're doing in-frame. Some of them are doing as early as 400,000 miles, things like that. and They're turning around and saying, sir, we're doing them at 250,000. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm going – how do you do that when in, in 1970, you could plan on taking a 3406, uh, you know, you could take even a, an, an 8V92 two cycle engine and run it down the road and get 100,000 miles, or excuse me, a million miles out of it. At 900,000 miles, you're taking, a, taking a, an 8V or a 3406, you're going, hmm, who's gonna be doing the in frame for me when I hit a million miles? And you could even continue on, but that was your maintenance threshold where you stopped, freshened up the engine, and did that. Can you imagine we've progressed to having even more perfected fuel delivery systems, better burning, cleaning, cleaner types of, of combustion we're, we're putting out there, all this emissions aspect? And we have engines that are going down at four 500,000 miles. It's not acceptable. It's just going completely in reverse, and mm-hmm. you can you can fix that by preventive maintenance and proper maintenance. But is some scary. of that do you
2: think due to like um, costs, cost cutting in the refinement process, and and just uh, cheaper raw well, materials? Put
0: metal conditioner in.
3: there's Dave? Oh.
0: Yeah, Hi, Dave. All the time. Uh, Hi guys, welcome, how are you? I'm doing wonderful
2: Welcome to Three Fat Truckers, Dave, it's good to see you
1: Good to hear you, yes sir
0: (laughs) I've been hearing you guys, so I'm up to what you're doing Do they still put metal conditioner in the fuel like they used to?
5: Metal conditioner? Yes What kind of metal conditioner, what do you mean?
0: Like back in the day, we used a lot of it in racing uh, Under tri packs or um, well you're talking
5: that. about more of a lubricity package, right? Is that what you're, you're right.
0: asking me about? Right. Well that's but I heard they were putting it in fuel too, to try getting the mileage well, up.
5: No here we've we've really run into a crossroads here with, with the fuel industry. And and it's uh I mean this is this is really if, if there's something that I could share that'd be the most important thing I could say is that the consumer of fuel The consumers of fuel need to truly open up their eyes and really get proactive and understand what they're buying i mean these large truck fleets i go into i've i've spent time with large truck fleets they're clueless using using tens of millions of gallons of fuel a month and they have no idea and the fuel jobbers and the fuel suppliers, they're trying to supply whatever is the standard, whatever the ASTM standard is, that's what they're going to do. And that's what they're required to do. If you go and you start pumping quality material through and you are got an industry or a, a market that's only looking at the, the cheapest fuel I can buy, you can't put the proper chemicals in there because they're going to cost something you're going to lower your profit margin you lower your profit margin to your to your uh your stockholders and things like that you got a problem but the fact of the matter is we got to step up we've got to change a lot of different things in this country one of the things we have got to do is we got to step up and pay attention to what we are consuming in regards to these fuels now their idea with the when i say they uh the green aspect of it is, is just quit burning fuel. Well, it's not gonna happen. It's mathematical, okay? First of all, everything is mathematical. If you can't, you, you, you don't even start something without doing math. But the the idea that we're going to keep making a poor quality fuel or allowing a lower quality fuel out there, what we're doing is we're actually hurting equipment and the custody end user to where he has to take and buy more parts, repair things more. So what's that? That's that's using materials and items that we wouldn't have to do if we had an efficient burning fuel industry. So you're having to add more and more material to it to make it an effective combustion. Lubricity is what you were talking about. If you don't have lubricity, you're just gonna you're just gonna dry screw out your liners. I mean, just think about it. You'll you have a guy. I have people come up to. What well, I've got? I got a million five hundred thousand miles in my truck, and I haven't had to do a thing to it. When I listen to them a little while, and then it starts getting into. I find out this. I find out that. Mm. But you got to remember, you've run a million five hundred thousand miles, but you've lost a half a mile or three quarters of a mile to a gallon in its performance over that period of time and you take that and calculate that into the lost performance of that equipment and you could have bought yourself a house with the fuel you've you've lost with the, the fuel that you've consumed extra. Mm-hmm. it's just it's just something that we've got to focus on and pay a little bit more attention to and the gimmick is the additive industry and i've sat in these boardrooms back years ago Many years ago, and I've had these cowboys walk in and sit down at the board table. And I'm one of the guys in the panel that are sitting off to the side, and they want to make an additive. We're going to make an additive. We're going to make the best additive in the world. And they come in, and they find out what it's going to cost to make that material. And then they say, oh, well, shoot, bean counter sitting in there. you got to have your bean counter at those meetings. And the bean counter, <laughs> how if we cut it back 90%? The effective dosage, 90% and put filler in there. And then what we'll do is we'll spend that money that we were going to spend on marketing. Now, these guys are smart. Now, I'm not saying they're stupid. I'm saying, I'm saying the dumb one you're looking at right now because (laughs) what they did is they figured out, we come back and we cut it back and we cut it all the way back to being nothing but watered down 3.2. And what the end result turns out to be is what we're going to do is we're going to come back in two or three years at and put our money in marketing. And, and when, it, when everybody starts to know about product, what we're going to do is we're going to make it better. And we're going to come out and say, hey, it's new and improved. Well, yeah. how can it be new and improved? There's no such thing. So the, the point I'm trying to say, they come out and they say that, but two years go by, three years, five years, ten years. They're, if the marketing is done properly, they don't have to improve it and that's what we have available on the majority of the market today i'd say if you were to, to look at the true chemical stimulating industry 95 percent of the additive industry is ineffective
0: are we just not refining fuel good enough to what we need just to try making it cleaner that's yes. what we're doing
5: one yeah. of the reasons that's one of the reasons. Also it, it depends on the base crude. see so you, you start with the crude like when you take you know a, a probably one of the poor uh, uh, fuels for cold weather operability is the stuff that comes from from uh, Valdez or comes from you know Alaska. That is,
1: that's why they send
5: so much of it to China. most of that fuel go or not China I apologize I apologize to Japan. That's where it used to go. What they do with it now, I don't know. But the majority of it would go to Japan. But when I was working on some Chinese fuel up in northern China, I was looking at that, and, boy, they were having problems with with gelling and this issue and that issue. I was looking at it, and everybody said, oh, it's a terrible fuel. It's a terrible fuel. Well, it was a terrible fuel for for cold-weather operability but the the material because it had so much paraffin in it which what is paraffin paraffin is the energy of the fuel so since it has energy it's a good fuel it's just not a good fuel for cold weather operability
0: is that why they say saudi arabia's fuel is a cleaner fuel or a better refined fuel
5: i can't answer that because i don't i by the time i see some of these fuels i i can't give you an answer to all of it uh Different fuels, different refineries, different hydrocracking processes, uh, different uh, uh, management of how they're going to re- to to crack that fuel, uh, that takes place. And then when they start pumping it through the pipeline terminal, the other thing that they've started to allow many years ago, many years ago now, this has probably been 50, Oh man, time goes by, you know?
0: <laughs>
3: it sucks to know 30, <laughs> 30, years,
0: 30 years ago in the nineties, you know that. Not That's why I go fishing. That's oh, why I'm going fishing. <laughs> I
3: don't get anybody, anybody anymore. Uh, uh,
5: but the, the no the the the, the thing was uh, back in the nineties, early nineties, we would get a couple calls a year on microbial issues. Okay, a couple of year. Now, take today, and that's the majority of the calls every day.
0: Hmm. Okay, yes, sir.
5: So microbial, where does the microbial come from? Now, the microbial comes from primarily the idea that the Department of Agriculture, and I know some good guys over there, but I know some other ones too. But the, <laughs> the, the, the idea of the Department of Agriculture, the Department of Agriculture is actually they get their market orders from the majors, you know, your fuel majors, mm-hmm. and they're usually on most of the panels and their closed door panels, things like that. They won't let me in anymore, <laughs> so I'm, I'm 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 the bastard. So yeah. the uh, not a team player. So so the the thing is what they do is they give an allowance by through ASTM, through the Department of Agriculture and ASTM and Weights and Measures, that they allow more water in fuel. And then when you have biofuel added to fuel, they even allow more water at the ASTM standard because if they had to extract the water, it'd be a nightmare to extract all the water out of the bio. So now you have a huge amount of water in our fuel now it's minute and in basically if you think about it but there's still water in here what does water have it water has oxygen and what does a living microorganism need to survive it needs oh, oxygen yeah. so here you got this bug it's just a floating around in there and it's food is the paraffin of the diesel it eats the wax it eats the paraffin the, the energy of your fuel now it's not killing the fuel all down don't miss don't let me miss draw a picture like that mm. but what it does is it eats the paraffin and then its byproduct guess what this byproduct is water now if you've ever seen them have they're a,
3: pissing in the fuel huh
5: there you go so
0: <laughs> you know, pretty you know, much
5: and then they split damn bugs the pissing in my fuel that's right. yep. So if you look at oil spills like they had off the coast, what do they use? They use a microbial. They dump it on the oil, and it eats the oil, and then it puts fresh water. Well, look back there in the Navayus and stuff like that. They were having problems with so much fresh water coming off of the fuel that it was causing. Yep. That was causing more problems than the oil was. Okay? <laughs>
0: okay. Answer the big question that everybody bitches about constantly: Is diesel fuel is made by refining gasoline? Correct.
5: Well, the, the, it's it's supposed it's a byproduct. It's like so many things are a byproduct of the crude,
0: right? Okay. And they say, really? well, we're refining gas. Why is diesel fuel so expensive if they get it from refining gas?
5: Well, <laughs> it, it's you know I don't see what the the expenses is a whole other discussion.
4: Well, well, <laughs> gas is a byproduct of the like lamp oil that. Uh, so, like J.D. Rockefeller when they were doing Rockefeller oil, right? His byproduct was the was the gasoline and everything like that. So, it d- depending on the certain temperature of that mm-hmm. you refine crude at, determines whether it'll come out as propane during the different processes and everything right. like that. It just oil
3: depends oil. on the yeah. flash point of all of them too, to how what grade right. you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Right.
5: Yeah. So, so the 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 problem and, and and I need to back off and let the boys talk a little bit more here too is that you have fuel that has so much water, uh microbial and i I talked to a gentleman that was the was appointed by the, the uh, Department of Agriculture to be the head of alternative fuels and regulating premium fuels and things like that and uh, I talked to him one day and he says, Travis, the whole pipeline system is contaminated with material. He says, uh, I said, well, why don't they use a biocide or something like that? He says, well, we'd have to biocide it. He says, it, it'd just be a nightmare. We'd have to do it a couple times a year and things like that. Yeah, and, yeah. and so the, the the point of all this is that all this contamination in, is, is eventually making its way through the system and ends up in your fuel tank. And so how do they eliminate it? your filtration system is what eliminates you buy the filtration system for the fuel industry to filter out the material or have it clog up your filter in situations where your operability turns out to be sitting on the side of the road poor performance the thing's dragging its rear end it's regenerating multiple times where it doesn't need to why don't we back up a little bit why don't we make a quality fuel with the right additive package in it have it burn complete in the combustion chamber and have less emissions coming out so we don't have to go into the regions common sense it's a, it's a it's a it's a process that you know we've lost in in somewhere in, in the in, over the last period of years so you can't make
0: no money that way
5: well and then also you got to look at the Absolutely. idea that they don't care if you have bad fuel today. I don't believe it at the, no. uh, at the uh, government at the at the highest government level because if you, if you've got problems with your fuel, maybe you'll you'll look at EV or something Jeez. like that. Yeah, that's all mathematically impossible. I mean, I w-
2: I wanted to get a chance to get your take on that because I can hear the more shall we say progressive people that i talk to screaming into their uh video players right now well what about ev is it that uh here to rescue us from the the evils of the fossil fuel burning and and uh isn't that just as effective as a uh as a uh, option um what what is your take on that i'd like i'd like to hear all three of you
4: well, you, well let, where, 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 where do all the raw materials for the batteries come? Where, where's your lithium come? Where is yeah, that mined yeah. from? Who mines the lithium yeah. and the coal. cobalt? And where and how do much those does it have to be to it sent out of to market? get refined to be even put into batteries? They got to be sent halfway across the world just to get refined. Then they got to come halfway across here just to get turned into batteries. Then they got to get sent all the way down to the car manufacturer to get even be put in the cars. But, and
1: uses fresh water. Yeah, yeah, wait a second. Wait oh, a second. Chris, wait a second.
5: Let, me, let me throw this in, then you guys can debate this. EV, there's nothing wrong with EV. I, I don't have a problem with it coming out with EV. You know where EV is going to come into play? When they put it on one of those rockets over at Cape Canaveral and they send that car over to Mars or they do whatever, because they don't have the ability to have fuel on that particular area. So they have right. to use the, the cells to be able to be. Uh, uh, bring in the energy and things like that. But when I was in, for example, Alaska, and I'd go up there, you'll see places where there's, for example, a windmill out in the middle of nowhere. There's no power lines. There were no power lines for 150 miles. So that makes more sense. You can't run a power cord 150 miles, so you're going to use some other alternative energy. Is mathematically, here again, is the math... Art, simple math no rocket science it's the math that you take and you apply it to using that i can make this amount of energy for this cost so that i can sustain what i need to at this x location however if you're talking about putting a windmill next to a power dam at kentucky lake you're an (laughs) idiot
0: <laughs> well, we have a running joke going because you know they're building that new battery plant down there in Tennessee. or It's in Kentucky, right there. Uh,
2: I think it's in Tennessee. Is
0: it, is it in Tennessee?
2: No, now Saturn, you got The Battery
3: plant used to be.
0: Yes, yeah, the ba- the new one Columbia,
3: big
2: effort. old place.
0: Where it, it by? It's right there off of sixty five, right after you. It's probably about. 55 miles south of uh, Louisville, right there. That is Kentucky. It's before yeah. You get to, yeah. It's yeah. before you get to Bowling Green. And it's funny because we keep calling it Kentucky's Next. <laughs> you know what I'm talking
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies.
3: We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day.
1: To find out more, visit Parker.com/slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, we're calling it Kentucky's next um, flea
2: ahead, market. Bill. That's gonna be the, yeah. their next it's flea, market be the location. flea market. <laughs> that that whole thing is gonna crash and burn. Or and
0: by the way. If you're gonna send a battery car to the moon, how are you gonna get that on uh, through the luggage? Because they check your luggage; they won't let you put them batteries in your luggage now. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> is that a carry-on well, or what?
3: <laughs> and these two, these two guys haul a lot for company, recycling company OmniSource. And you talked to a couple of the bigwigs at OmniSource, and they uh, recycle. I don't know how many cars a year scrap, and then they turn that metal into something else. And one of the guys was saying with all these new electric cars, it's going to cost them. The person that owns it won't be getting paid for the car. They'll be paying to scrap the car because it costs so much to recycle those batteries.
0: Yeah, to take the battery out. Yeah. Yeah. And, that he, and he goes, it's
3: pretty much you're going to see them just abandoning them on the back of a side road when they do finally take a crap. And my oldest boy,
2: my oldest boy made a comment not long ago, and I thought it pretty much sums it up. Um, electric vehicles did not come along to rescue the environment. They came along to rescue the auto industry in a time when everybody started to take the environment seriously because it's 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 not even a half measure is it it's it's no it's a show of it's a show of force you know in a world where you know that there's very little understanding and when there's when there's less understanding of how these things work then you can take advantage of of that uh lack of knowledge
0: electric vehicle will work wonderful for the suburban person that drives fifteen minutes into work, fifteen minutes back home, has the charger built into their house, plugs your car in. That's not the car you're gonna take if you're going cross country to do sightseeing when you don't know where you're going. There's places through the cold weather, which they found out in Chicago and Detroit. Well,
3: there there was a picture going around down. on TikTok there where it had a whole E V charging station, all the little arms and the Contraptions that everything, where you, where you pull up to it, and it was completely underwater.
0: Yeah, the one it gets yeah, me. I, is see, you know, I live in, what are you going to do so, there? What you going to you you charge TV, your car? You see every apartment with them orange extension cords out the window down to their car, so they plug it in. Just,
5: well, let me, let it just What do you do? What do you do for uh, an infrastructure that is in a situation where? Uh, for example, you have peak hours where they have to shut the shut the juice down to your your area. Oh, now words, welcome to like California. How how would that work up there, in Minnesota, in the middle of winter when when people have to have their heat shut off because they have they have to have an alternative? Uh, they yeah. have their electricity, you know, to their to their uh, uh, heating system is shut and- down while they while they use an alternative like a wood stove or another form of, of heat. And they can't keep the 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 amount of 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 electrical energy there to support that they're going to now tell you that you're going to be using these cars i'm again i'm not against it i'm not against it i wish i did you know they've got a lot of bugs to work out it's impossible (laughs) now i'll get i'm going to get in trouble here because i'm going to say stuff so here's the my world tmc you've come
2: to the right place (laughs)
5: <laughs> the, the technical maintenance council they had and, and in fact i was a member of t- uh, tmc and i told the boys don't sign me up anymore
3: i, <laughs> I thought you said tmz that. i'm like no, have they been no, taking pictures no, of no. you
1: Technical <laughs> maintenance. <laughs> yeah.
5: Okay. so, so what it ends up do is the technical maintenance council they they support they got a lot of brains in there and everything they got some good people some great people that are part of that group but I sat there to listen to a presentation in reference to trying to uh, kind of plant the seed that we need to go to this alternative energy and then, again I don't have a problem with it if it's mathematically feasible but what the situation was they're all talking about how they're receiving grants being subsidized and things like that to do it and then they're talking to a man out here in in the audience that has a a large truck company or a large truck fleet and everything and what he's asking to do them to do they're asking him to go and invest into it with his own money his own profits and the stuff that he has so that therefore he has to keep a a enough of a fleet to support to do the job he needs but he's going to buy this alternative energy fleet to make it a parking part of his fleet but if it goes down He has to have the equipment to back it up. So mathematically, it's impossible to do it properly. Two, it also puts you in a situation where you're you're investing money into something that is not going to bring you a return in profits because it's your money. It's not subsidized. It's not a grant from the government. But these suits that are sitting up there on the board that are promoting it, don't mathematic. show me the math if you want me to support it i will be happy to support anything that you can show me the math and it's, it's math
0: yeah. but they don't, they, you don't show you the they don't have it they don't have the then, math yet.
5: and then they tell you before you go they're trying to get these guys to run to start build or to, to buy into this but their local area doesn't have the infrastructure to, to support it yeah. if they do do it exactly
0: yeah they 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 say factories to put these trucks in there will take more power than the whole town takes just to right. try charging a fleet.
5: you know where yeah. it all started? Biofuel, because yep. Peter Bell, Jason Hoare, convinced Willie Nelson to support this program. Peter Bell came from South uh, from South Africa, and he had this great smooth talking presentation. He was a he was a, and he he loaded his pockets up. And he convinced Willie, and then what the end result was is I don't even know what happened to the, those two guys, where yeah. they went. They convinced our federal – they stirred the pot, convinced our federal government to mandate biofuel. Why do we – if you want to mandate biofuel, put it – put rot gut – uh, soybeans that can't be used or you can't use it for any other reason, use it for a power generation facility, a power plant or something like that in mm-hmm. your local area. Don't put it in our trucking industry. That's, that's sabotage. Yeah. I yep. that would sabotage. That's, your,
0: that's your lifeline. You're, you're vitalizing your lifeline. I've talked it COVID. <laughs> well, one of the
4: things that i wanted to touch on was was the fact of like the egr and the dpf system and the regeneration cycles that a lot of drivers are facing right now which you know you know you're using you're using diesel for for heat for that burn off rather than mileage you know mm-hmm. and you're having to sit there and wait so you're you're behind time on on getting loads because a lot of the a lot of owner operators rely on their their standard or their 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 view for when they go ahead and uh, gain loads if they're an owner operator they got to maintain that reliability with that with that dispatch right because it's getting to
0: be a a hard market but yeah the market's flooded right now so right so
4: you have the egr unit on 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 trucks now and and for the egr it's exhaust recirculative uh exhaust gas recirculation so what it does is it it takes Already burnt exhaust from the combustion, recirculates it through the intake, and removes fresh air from the intake for that is used for combustion and replaces it with already, you know, dirty combustion air. So what that does is it it takes that combustion and recirculates it back into the combustion chamber. So your your soot goes right back in there. I I have an EGR that I took off I, I recently did a full overhaul on OM six seventeen, the turbo diesels out of the old eighty-five Mercedes. Um, I went ahead and rebuilt one of those, and and it had about 325,000 miles on it, and and just from by looking at the EGR, and it's just a it on that type of engine, it's it's a very simplified version of it, um, and where that EGR lets about 30% of that exhaust or that diesel particulate to recycle through the through the combustion, and what that does is that that contamination goes right back on your cylinder walls goes right back onto the top of your piston if it doesn't get burnt off all the way so what you have is you have a buildup of contamination on your cylinder walls that your rings then slide over and have to scrape off and then over time over the time of using that engine without a preventative maintenance product you slowly start to remove the cylinder wall thickness as well as the ring your ring thickness or the uh the uh what do you call it, the gap your ring gap and, and so what that, or your ring gap actually expands because your, your, the pressure of your rings go against the cylinder wall is what makes that tight right. fit. And overall, when your when your rings start to wear out, you create that blow by and your, your engine might still be running and everything. It might still run, but you're not going to have your, your, your factory setting anymore. When that, when that diesel particulate or that soot builds up on the top of your piston, your compression ratio starts to change. You know, you gotta, you gotta run a detergent to get that out, but to have that diesel particulate or that contamination to then go by your ring, slide out and get into your oil, that's when you start having that, that, that full mechanical failure where you can go ahead and start clogging up your, your uh, uh, ports to your, to your bearings. And so well, it'll starve your bearings of your, of, your, of your oil if you have excessive uh, blow-by. You might change your oil and run a couple thousand miles down the road, but if you have excessive blow-by, it only takes a little bit of that contamination to get past your rings, but if you don't have a clean uh, EGR. It you can have a, a large uh, chunk of material of soot. That's in that EGR uh, path that can then break loose and go
0: right into your combustion chamber. But an EGR puts the fuel back into the. Wouldn't it burn cleaner if you just put more fresh air in it, not exhaust air in it? Wouldn't the whole yeah. vehicle burn cleaner? Most because definitely. What you're would. doing is you're using an old product that it's already mm-hmm. been burnt right back into the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're not saving nothing. You're just robbing from the performance of
3: the clean air, what it
1: does. Yeah, right. And one, sure. one, I mean, it is a great thing, though, the after treatment systems today. We were like, with the Knox, has reduced it down to basically nothing. So they've made some really great leaps on putting less emissions in the air uh, so we can, we can be happy about that but the amount of issues that it causes the end user the owner operator the small time truck driver is um you know it it's a headache and it, and it causes a lot of issues for them and they don't actually know you know the different ways of actually treating the fuels to lower those those maintenance and downtime issues that come along with the after treatment system because the there's very simple ways of treating your fuel to keep Keep those types of problems from occurring, and keeping your downtime to a uh, you know a minimum.
4: But mm-hmm. but that information wasn't necessarily brought forth to the market. I would say so well, when they the say hey, we're going to the put, put these EGRs on there. They're going to do this. They're going to what they're going to do is they're going to cut down on emissions. That's great. But what was the negative side effects of the EGR? That wasn't right. clearly stated. And that's the problem with the industry because nothing is is set to an unbiased side. It always leans
0: to one side or the other. You don't well, the EPA pictures. was set up to make the air cleaner, not to make your motor run longer.
1: Right. That's, that's the exactly the problem that you get.
0: Right. And so what mm-hmm. we're
4: seeing is just just what the, the those problems with the EGR alone, but then when you look at the diesel particulate filter itself, you have this filter that's supposed to to, to catch the diesel particulates and get to a certain uh, certain uh, restriction of flow, and then it goes off into a uh, regeneration cycle. So then you have to have either you're at a reduced speed or performance. You have to pull off the road or get find a spot to regen. If you're you know if you if you don't run it long enough, you, you get to the spot where you can regen. and Then you have to sit there for an extended period of time, let your truck run at a high idle,
0: mm-hmm. while it's
4: still using its EGR. You're using that uh, fuel that's supposed to get you down the
0: road. You're using that as heat to burn off this filter. Kind of just a a, a little clean idle sticker
1: on the side, right? (laughs) Exactly.
3: (laughs) Oh, it's clean. Uh, (laughs) Yes, it's cleaning your pockets.
0: Yeah, yeah.
5: That's that's what benefited us with the chemicals. You see, they made our business. See, that's Mm -hmm. that's. What what happened? You know, my background first was racing, and when we we started with the racing years before I even got into this, you know, it wasn't into saving fuel or it was it was pounding out the you know we're we're putting some nasty fuel or nasty uh, air from that that fuel from from the racing. But what what has evolved is now fuel. That we're working with for the for the the uh, the industry, or I, I I mean the consuming industry, is that we have to have chemicals that combat this situation and make the fuel like we were talking lubricity. The, the fuel so dry after they hydrocracked the fuel down to removing the sulfur. That was the first thing they did in October of '93. They they lowered that because they wanted to have less knock, knocks into the, into the air, which had helped. But what did they do? They made the fuel so dry that it wore out the cylinders.
3: Now did the so sulfur they, add any type of lubricant before it was well, pulled out of the system? The, the I sulfur
5: mean It was a form of a lubricant, but the, yeah. the, 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 the situation was that when they extracted the sulfur out they said, well it's still got 15 parts per million. Well look at what mathematically what that is. that means nothing. What that is, is the reason that what they have as a residual left in the pipeline terminals or in the pipelines, that you're going to pick up some type of sulfur content and it's going to read. So there's no sulfur. There's, there's no lu- real quality lubricant. It's more like running kerosene year, year round, you know, very dry. Mm-hmm. Two... In the hydrocracking process, they allowed more water to be in the fuel, which which created more of a problem oh for the, for the microbial. Mm-hmm. So we had to address the lubricity, we had to address the the microbial, we had to address the combustion, we had to address the the cold weather operability issue, the water, you know, and we had to contr- the we had to get it, uh, to eliminate the water aspect in some manner. So all these different factors benefited our company in reference to that need. And that's why when, if you go buy a Duramax at a dealership, when you go buy a brand new truck at a dealership, a GMC or a Chevrolet or whatever with a Duramax, it comes with clean fire already in it. And that's, that's because they, they want to have a good quality lubricity agent in the fuel When they take it out and park it, if that truck has to sit on a lot for a year, year and a half, or whatever the case may be, they have something to protect that fuel delivery system. And that's an easier entity to work with than a truck driver. Because a truck driver comes back and says, well, you know what I do is I go out here and I take my used engine oil and I dump it in and lubricate my fuel. (laughs) And I'll go, what?
2: What's wrong with that,
5: you know what but i'm using your chemicals and i'm clogging my filters and i'm saying well sir you know the the micron size of the filtration system for for your oil is is uh not like your fuel delivery system so you're going to pick up some you're you're putting metals and all this garbage right into your fuel and then you're yep. wondering why you're taking out your injectors you know, and just you'd be amazed. Well, you know, I use the power steering fluid. I use transmission fluid. I use, you know, brake fluid. <laughs> I mean, we've heard it all. Oh, and then sea it foam, Seafoam, I, foam. I've I never, and I've never had a problem. And then you talk to them 15 minutes for 15 minutes and you find out, well, I've done two in frames in the last six years. Now, here, here's something that's really important <laughs> in, in reference to it, in frames. It, it, that's part of business. Rebuilding engines is part of a business. Rebuilding pumps, things like that. Things do wear out. Here's the issue. We don't have parts available in this country anymore. That's the hard part. That's a fact. I, I built an engine for the boys and I built an engine for the bus. And I wanted all OEM parts. So I order the parts and every I get ready to order parts and I'm talking to them. They say, Well, they're not available not what i mean they're not available i can get parts i'm seeing on the internet i can get all the pistons i want rods anything i want it's all aftermarket well aftermarket parts i don't care what you say aftermarket parts are not the same as the oem parts and so you're waiting four months six months a year for a set of pistons or liners it's crazy <laughs> Can you that's, imagine? We have shops. That's that not coming. acceptable. You know? Look at this. This is how it's hurting the industry. We have customers that sell a lot of clean fire. And they're shutting some. We've got, we we actually have some people that have shut down their shop there in, in uh, over in Clearwater. And I asked them, what the place is packed. They have all the business, very good mechanics and things. A
4: lot of municipality.
5: Yeah. Yep, they have the municipality. And I said, Well, what's municipal. going on? We can't get parts. We have people coming in here parking our trucks, and they're complaining that they've got their truck sitting in here for three months because we can't get parts for it. They're mad at us, and they're making making truck payments on this truck. Right. We can't do anything to it. We can't we can't charge them labor. We've got a parking lot full of trucks, but we can't get parts for the trucks that we need to get. That's a problem.
3: Yeah, that's ridiculous. So, Well, Travis, it's been an hour already. Time flies when you're having fun i'm All really right. glad you guys was able to stop in and give us an interview and chat mm-hmm. for a while i always enjoy chatting with you i know bill does too we're gonna have we to like have you back with uh we can somebody go on, well on, educated on. on what they're selling yeah <laughs> well
5: yeah check the boys out if you can over at clean fire and uh sure will
1: yeah give us a call. call yeah see find us on facebook or give us a call yeah. and um we'll we'll help any way we can expl- explain the uh, what we can help them with and, and, them and if we can do if we, if
4: you guys decide and we want to do a tailored show or something like that on a specific issue on fuel i would be more than willing to help you guys out sounds
3: yeah. great yeah, too sounds great we'll uh, try and put a link to you guys on yeah our real quick though
2: there. plug plug your website phone number whatever it is you want to
1: sure you, you want to give get us out a there. call at, yeah the phone number for uh, direct is 407-712 4052, and you could see us at uh, cleanfirefueladditive.com, and that's our website page.
3: Well, sounds great, fellas. We appreciate you having on. We're gonna wrap up a couple things here. So, if you want to stick around, Thank you me. can. If, if not, yeah. we will see you soon sometime. Thank right. you. That's that's great. you. Thanks, Thanks for you. having us. Yeah. It. Well, I'll let Bill roll this last little thing in here and say, Yeah. Uh,
2: uh, for those of you that are new to the show, we've got a new segment we do towards the end here, which is basically all Steve, his, his new little thing called My Two Cents Worth. And it's... Uh, My Two Cents Worth. It's
3: his Two Cents Worth. So, without further ado...
1: Well,
3: well thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Uh, well, I I come back we still have again. a lot going on, as usual. Oh, can I hear you? a little bit hot and shut I hear you, buddy. Can you hear me? I hear you. Well, we still have a lot going on as usual. Uh, We got celebrities passing away, and everyone seems to know what they want, even though they're gone. There's numerous money-making internet jobs that are too good to be true. The government is changing laws, thinking they're helping out our people and our country. No one wants to work anymore. If they do, they do it half-assed and shouldn't. And who's the cool word patrol that puts out words that have a made-up meaning and sounds so ignorant that makes them sound just as stupid? And finally, we discuss who takes a better knee. And away we go. First off. We had a country music icon pass away this week that I'm sure everyone has heard about. But if you were in a cave this week or no news or social network, we lost Mr. Toby Keith, to stomach cancer. He'd been battling it for a couple years. He had numerous songs and hits and was a fighter and believer in this country. He will be truly missed. Your red solo cup. I've seen it everywhere. Seen the empty bar seat with the cup on the bar for him. Uh, Now, that being said, I can't believe all the bullshit on social media that people can't just let a man rest in peace. But no, there's all this shit on here about who he wouldn't want at his funeral and trying to sling mud at other country stars. This shit needs to stop. And all you idiots need to grow up and take care of your life while you're still here, like he did. Wasted energy, people. Well, how many of you would like to be rich and not work real hard? And you can do this just a couple days or more a week. That's the phrase for all these ads on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and any other place you watch shorts or videos. They get you to tap on a link or another video to tell you how to get rich if you only follow their method. There's even videos of people out there saying they did all the investigating for you and talk you into the same bullshit. (laughs) It would be nice, people, but the way to make money is getting you to view their content. So just beware. Now we have the government always changing laws to benefit them and not us. This is a subject that is endless, but I will just touch a little bit of it. My concerns are for our hardworking truck drivers out there. They change our tax laws, what we can deduct or not. They change safety regulations that were bad enough to start with. The 50 states that we operate in are all different when it comes to rules and regulations. And even though we were governed and monitored federally by the government, Speed limits, weights, permits, size, and dimensions, and that's just a couple off the top of my head. They need to leave things alone and go back to some of the old rules we had, period. Does anyone an want to work anymore? Dave is just in, he's in depth. Look at him. Hell it, seems, I don't. it seems to me people <laughs> don't want to work at all because there's too many free handouts. The people that do work, and yes, it's a certain age group, do come to work, not on time, do a half-assed job, don't care if they get fired, just go somewhere else and start another one till it happens again. What kind of work ethic was taught to these kids? Obviously, none. This one here gets under my skin a little. Can anyone tell me? Who's ahead of the word patrol? These new so-called cool or edgy words to start to show up on the news headlines, magazines, posts on social media. And it makes me laugh that people think they're hip or in the now. I don't know if those are cool words or not. The one that, seem, that I'm seeing a lot is woke. Give it a rest, idiots. You're not cool or whatever term you want to use. <laughs> and finally, Dave.
0: What to Groovy.
3: My question to you is controversial. Are you ready? <laughs> Who do you think takes the best knee? I'm ready. Colin Kaepernick. What about me? Tanya Harding or Monica Lewinsky? Got That's an my three that cents. Have a great week.
2: Of those names, I think Tanya Harding's the only one with a sex tape. So we can uh Oh
3: sucked the president's dick.
2: Yeah, but we don't have that on film, so we can't <laughs> Well she was on a knee. <laughs> she was on both. I knees. see Travis up there laughing under his hand. So who do you think took the best knee, Dave? <laughs> First off, I wanna I wanna address uh, the elephant in the room and oh, that is that, that Steve's not. views are his own and do oh, in no way reflect those uh, three fat truckers. And, yep.
3: Right, your complaints to 1-300-Merkel-Press. <laughs>
0: I really do. I think they do reflect 3 Oh, oh
3: I think they do. <laughs> Very good. I agree with most
1: of what he says there.
0: Oh, well. So, Kids,
2: okay. this has been things. a lot of fun. We're going to wrap it up. Yep. Yeah, we sure could.
3: No, thanks again no, for you guys coming along. We've really yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that was fun. Out- thanks for having us. We really
1: appreciate it. I can't use yeah. them?
2: Yep. Dave is still Dave? forced. Dave's still ten seconds talking, in the though. past. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll be back in two weeks, folks. I was here. Oh my God, we'll be back in two weeks, folks. <laughs> Till then,
3: I've been Bill. And this has been Dave. Hey, thanks everybody for stopping by. Have a wonderful week. Have a good one, folks.